Hi, Diamonds. Welcome to the United State of Women, a forum where professional women come together to thrive by living more connected to our power, our purpose, and our plan. We invite you to tune in every other week where we show you that you can have it all and teach you how to get it by becoming the star of your own life and not just a supporting role in your life, career, and relationships. Here with Julie Dean, my USW podcast ambassador and co-host, I am Kalina James, owner of LCR, a business consulting and leadership development coaching company. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Diamonds. On part two of this interview, Diane shares tips and free tools to track data around your business. If you're trying to build an online business and you want to know where to find your customers, then this episode's for you. So grab a notebook and a pen because the show starts now. This is United State of Women. The thing about millennials, I call it making them the star, right? They are the star of the show. They know this. Uh, and I'm not talking in a negative way, and sometimes that's been used, I think, against millennials before, but I'm, I'm talking about in the way that we approach them. They, they understand that they are the, the center of this transaction, and they have some expectations. Um, they, for example, like to create content. So if you're going to do that, you want to do things like um, have hashtags that they can use to upload content, and then you might put that um, together and show it on your website so that they're creating that content. Definitely that's what you want to do on social, especially Instagram, is you want to find a way to collect their content and then reshare it across all of your platforms. Um, and you want to make sure that your, your, all of your content is optimized by platform. You don't post the same way, for example, on Facebook that you do Instagram, that you do Snapchat, that you do. It's not, there are different rules. There are different rules for whatever um, images you're going to use, whatever video you're going to use. So really become familiar and make sure that nothing is getting stretched or nothing is getting cut off and that you're getting your information information out there. Um, You really need to listen to them. Listening to them, one way to do it is to get on your your Google Analytics and see what else they're interested in. But there are several avenues for what they call social listening, um, and that just moves beyond. And and some of them are pretty cheap. Some of the tools are pretty cheap and really made for small business owners where you can kind of find out what how are people feeling about your brand or similar brands or how are people feeling about that niche in the market in general? And it's called social listening and and you can kind of look up Google social listening and get an idea for what that looks like to get a really full view of not just who they are, but how they interact with brands and how that, uh, and then you can kind of connect the dots to your own brand. You need to find a way for them to immediately respond across platforms. Okay, so whether that's your website, whether that's social, there needs to be a way where they can comment, they can respond, they can add to the conversation. That's who they are. That's what they expect. And that's what you want to make sure that you're giving them. Um, And social power matters. So things like, and this is all under the whole idea of that they are the star, make them the star. Um, And really, they are the star of the show, right? With that kind of buying power and it's growing and with um, boomers buying power lessening, this is really who you want to make sure that you're paying attention to. But social power, and what that means is um, when you, they are brand conscious, not in the way that we sort of were in the 80s, where I think at one point I had only IZOD, different colors of IZOD um, shirts and 
Calvin Klein pants and different colored dockers, right? Not that kind of brand conscious because their brand, the brands that they believe in are the ones that they'll follow. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, social power means like if you can um, buy, buy accumulate, here's a perfect example, Starbucks. So when they came out with their card and um, you also their app, so you can order anywhere you are from the nearest Starbucks and it gives you points and then you um, get a gold card. Those those types of, I guess, social leveraging or, or creating rewards, social power. I'm sorry? Like the reward systems? Yes, definitely. Reward systems. So I'm, I'm trying to think of, because we're talking to medium and small businesses, I, I, just, I didn't want to bring up like the airlines. The airlines are the most obvious, but we're talking like for things that small businesses can do to create a reward system. And then the reward needs to be something that follows along with your brand and gives them a, v, a even more VIP experience uh, for your brand. So let's move to, so they are brand conscious, but not brand conscious like we were in the 80s. They're really brand conscious toward being authentic okay um, they for example um, they're your you need to try to align your company with their values okay um, they're not just hey well you know I drive Mercedes or I drive an Audi not that kind of brand conscious they really uh, are geared toward trusting or, or moving toward brands that they can trust uh, the one of the ways that you can see this is how important reviews are to Millennials and also Gen Z my kid will not let me do anything. We can't go to any new restaurant until he has read the reviews. Um, so that's really a good example of, you know, reviews matter. And how do you get a bad review? Well, when you don't align with someone's value system, you're going to get a bad review. When you do, you're going to get a good review. And those are usually the only, there's no, usually no meh views on there. They're actually going to be great or terrible. So, but reviews matter. So paying attention to that um, during your process and creating real relationships with them. There are a couple ways you can do that. Um, of course, with how they interact with your brand, being authentic in the way that you're, you're communicating, but also um, having authentic relationship with influencers. Um, influencers are important to them. Um, and we're going to talk about them. They're, they're also in, uh, important to Gen Z, but we'll talk about how that's a little different. But influencers that they trust are important to their business decisions. So creating relationships with influencers that they trust, um, like, for example, I, what is it called? Fit, oh, what are the new boxes called? Fab Fit and Fun or something about that. What Fab you'll see it. What's what it is this? What so there are these about? boxes that come out quarterly. Are you the, oh like the oh I have no clue what you're. I talking think it's about. called Fit Fab and Fun, oh, and they, it's like they and they come box. out and they're full of these sample products that are high end sample products. And by the way, sampling is a great way to market to this generation. But they you know they they were super smart. And so what they did was they didn't spend a lot of uh, money on marketing. What they did was spent time and money on influencers and not and and so now when you look on your Facebook, you're going to see all kinds of video of different celebrities or um, not not even huge celebrities, but different celebrities opening their box, showing you what they chose, showing you these high-end products that they're able to get, and you get them four times a year. So that's an example of um, creating real relationships with 
influencers so that the influence because the other piece of it is that um, they're going to sniff out advertising and sponsorship so that's why it needs to be a real relationship with whichever influencers um, you're working with and it needs to be transparent um, for the same reason I mean they can they can sniff out sponsored ads they can sniff out um, what's what you know, they would call hardcore advertising. And so the way to get around that is to be authentic and to be transparent with them. Um, that is the best way to sort of appeal to uh, millennials. And, and you do it. that by really selling. It. You're not selling your product. You're selling your purpose. What is the purpose of your product? If it doesn't have one, don't take it to market with them because it's just not – it's not going to resonate. I love um, it. This is perfect. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is they will share, right? But you've got to make it post-worthy. It goes right along with being, having a purpose. It goes right along with being transparent. Um, they will, when they find those things, they will share them. Um, socially. So often it's good to start your conversation socially. Um, you, of course you want to look into using um, SEO, right? So you want to uh, search engine op- optimization marketing. You always want to try to be the first couple that, that pop up, but that's becoming less and less important as these authentic conversations are happening. They are, it most easily happens through social, and that's why it's so important. Any questions so far on millennials? Yeah, I like that a lot. This is great. This is great. So okay, go ahead. I wanted to just quick kind of recap everything that you just said in a nutshell. And a lot of that had to do with if you wanted to market online, our best bet is to reach these influencers and kind of develop this relationship. And after a while through this relationship, they will be more interested in sharing our content with their right. audience. Right. And that's just, I mean, I, I don't want to say that that's the golden ticket because this is just one strategy. The other piece of it is for right. millennials is they want, they're not, you know, they expect to have a wraparound brand experience right? They expect to right. have the same type of experience, whether it's on social, whether it's on your website, whether they, whether, cause they will, um, you know, they, whether they see you at an event, whether you, um, it, whether it's a video, wh- wherever you are, they are savvy enough to know that you, that, that brand experience, that marketing experience needs to be wraparound. It needs to, they need to understand what is connected to what. And that, of course, is just good brand management, but it's become an expectation for them. So that's one of the strategies within your larger marketing plan. Do you have well, anything you, you wanted to add? Well, I do yeah, have yeah, more yeah. about a little bit about Gen Zs. I do have a little bit more about Gen Zs. Do you want me to stop and ask yes. questions, or do you want me to go on? No, we can, I've got some questions, too, as well. Let's, before I forget, because I'm I, I'm driving too, so these sure. my my statements here can be edited out. But one of the questions that I have is just this mindset of millennials when it comes to in, utilizing um, what you call influencers. You know, mm-hmm. there is this generation I think that you know that it's kind of a taboo of no. You know, why do you have to drop a name? 
Why do you have to associate yourself with so-and-so in order to show light on your credibility? And I think that that is that generation that, that can be conflicting at times when you are trying to leverage a service forward that's universal. For example, mm-hmm. uh, working with individuals that, um, that provide a service around, you know, health and wellness. Mm-hmm. I think with millennials, you know, yeah, organic, authentic, and natural is, is the way to go. And then having an, an endorsement through an influencer is absolutely phenomenal because it shows you're out here, you're a social media phenomenon. But then you turn around and you use that for a different generation, and they're and they're a little put off because it seems so untouchable, or it seems as if right. you know you're you're someone who um, is someone they have to be cautious with versus right. want to connect with. What's up with that? Well, that's an interesting. Um, that's the, that's the interesting part of this with the millennials, um, and that is happening. That that attitude that you're getting is happening with the younger millennials because now influence marketing has been around. Influencer marketing has been around for a while, right? And so now they're even suspicious of that, right? So they're like, eh, I don't know. So that's a perfect segue to talk about Gen Zs because they feel the same way about influencer marketing, but they don't want the big names, right? They want to know. They want someone small who is they just have actually they want to they want to hear from people they discovered on video on YouTube right they use YouTube often as all of their entertainment they will scour YouTube to for inter, for entertainment they will spend they spend <laughs> they spend like 20% more time on YouTube than they do of any this is Gen Z we're talking about on any other social platform so and yeah, they want like this. This that's that's the thing about Gen Zs is they want um, the the trending influencers that they discovered via their friends. Those people then become influencers, and and you um, have actually seen this happen, a, a, you know, many times where. Um, someone will be discovered on YouTube, and then they'll move up into some, you know television show where they become more, you know, they get, they get a chance at stardom and then they become sort of a mini star. And then they kind of drop out of, the, out of it because Gen Z's really aren't interested in that. When you get so much notoriety where you are, become this sellout person, then they're not as interested in you. But they're really interested if they happen to see somebody doing something cool on um, YouTube, and it becomes a sensation that's shared around and on different social platforms, um, or Snapchat, or, or whatever, wherever they are, because they're they're mainly on Snapchat and um, Instagram, but they're still consuming all of this video on uh, on YouTube. So. They don't want to hear from the big stars. They're not interested in that. They're really interested in a more personal, um, if they're going to be an influencer, then it needs to be personal. Um, another different way is that these are the real entrepreneurs we're talking about. You're going to see right now um, um, Gen Xs actually start more businesses, but Gen Zs are these entrepreneurial spirit people who are like, what can we do? What, what can we do with new technology? Remember that these kids actually wrote their own code, 
right? They, they really have this intimate relationship with technology, just not I've used technology, but I've actually written code. That's a whole different uh, level of understanding of how the Internet works and how digital works. So with them, you know, again, you need to be authentic. You need to really care about the, you know, the, your, the purpose of who you are. Um, but they have this really entrepreneurial spirit, and they have this other thing that didn't come along with millennials, and that is a, 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 real, a real value proposition. We've been talking about value propositions, but as far as generations go for what we know so far about how this generation has influenced their parents and how the, new, the, the, the ones with buying power, which aren't very many of them because I just said the, the latest ones just went to college, but they really value means something to them and they place value on thing on on things and what they will pay for things and what they won't. They also save at a higher percentage from what we can tell with the little data that we have. Then um, they save for the long term. Um, so retirement, things like that. Um, and and so in that way, they're closer to the greatest generation um, where it's almost, and it's of course living through um, recessions will do that to you. Um, their parents, their um, their parents uh, lived through nine. Remember, living through nine eleven, or their Gen X, and they also lived through nine eleven. And there was this sort of shift um, in American values toward um, more diversity, um, toward a, a greater expectation of service. So they are sort of the culmination of all of this. And they cannot be fooled. And trying to fool them will lead to destruction for whoever tries to. So they want meaningful interactions, mean, meaning meaningful to them. So for example, um, about 48%, there was a, a, a recent research that showed about 48% of them will play an online game that is associated with a brand. Um, about, I think it was 48. Maybe it was a little less than that. Uh, they actually will attend brand-sponsored events, uh, which is different. Um, and they, about half of them, will, like 45% of them, will submit design ideas for products. Right, so they have become this entrepreneurial. I want to be in. I want my experience to be interactive in that I want to have a say in what it is you're going to develop next. What we think will go. The other piece of it is that um, they really want bite-sized information that they can consume because they're consumer. They're used to it, but they're consuming at a faster rate. So of course, the video is central. But you know, gifts came back. Gifs came back as more important, um, memes, things like that are, are more important in the, in the marketing world. But again, this is all we know because this is, a, this is a, the newest generation. Not that many of them have direct buying power. More of them have influential buy, buying power. But for that reason, you really want to get to know who they are because if they're the ones talking mom and dad into buying something, you better understand how they work too. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, my gosh. And as we look back at what you said, I mean, there is just so many different layers when it comes to even this next generation. I'm trying to put my head around sentiment and, 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 and what their value systems are and what they believe in. And I, I love 
what it says. It says that they're connectors, right? That though they have these different forms of relationship streams and how they engage, they're really into those organic connections and they mm-hmm. are into championing things that are of value, whether it's charitable, whether it is something that makes the world better, right? So I think that mm-hmm. that is the, that was the initial scare, I think, as the internet took off and the way we communicated through social media took off, there was always this concern on how we're going to connect. How are we going to maintain a face-to-face relationship? How are we going to do that? And it seems like mm-hmm. this next generation is bringing all of that back and some with right. a better perspective on how to engage. Right. And they've, and they've redefined what even the term personal relationship means. Right. So we would say a personal relation means that we've met, that we've had conversation, maybe we've broken bread together, maybe we've and that is not at all how they look at personal uh, relationships, because, you know, that might never have happened, but they might know more about this person that they've met online or they've interacted with maybe in gaming or however they're, you know, in the digital space. And they might know more about that person than they would know about their own family, right? So the whole idea of personal relationships and what that looks like and how that bears out is, is completely different now. Um, so you can't say, you know, we, we've had a point where you can only physically meet so many people, talk to so many people. Um, and so many people say, well, I have lots of acquaintances, but there's, you know, I don't, I don't really know anything about those people. I have a few good friends. These folks, millennials and Gen Z, have intimate knowledge of people around the world. Um, and so their idea of personal relationship is much different than ours. Um, So really keeping that in mind that, you know what, you don't have to meet them face-to-face to create a personal relationship with them. Perfect. Perfect. Julie, what's your thoughts? Oh, my gosh, I can only imagine what your head's probably thinking. <laughs> <to> so. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really cool. I love it. I love all of it. And I think you made a really good point, you know, um, a lot of this relationship building just from behind a screen and how we're able to create value with just content marketing and just developing these different types of relationships. It's just a different world. I mean, it's a totally different world. It is. And, and, and what's interesting is, you know, it, it is, it is, it feels very grassroots to me. Right. So, um, when I, I mean, I went home this past and I heard, so many. I mean, not even the, the not even the conversation that I was having with the at, with the Kokomo Chamber members, but just in conversations. I think I heard complaints about millennials. I don't know, at least ten times, in, in different places that I was, and I just I, I have nothing to add to that, right? Because what we understand is that um, the millennials that they're complaining about have. Some of the a lot of the same qualities when they're really cause driven, and I, I want to add that about Gen Zs. Be very careful about cause driven communications because that doesn't resound as much with the Generation Z because they're so tired of hearing it. They've heard it for so long, right? And you and, they, and there's this overwhelming sense that that happens because everybody um, is doing you know cause driven marketing, um, but. 
much many millennials and, and the way that they approach it is very similar to the first part of boomers who were um, hippies, right? And so a, a lot of the the ideals about what's okay and what's not okay and letting people live their best life and not, you know, not judging them for it and figuring out, um, um, you know, organic and, you know, what, you know, um, watching the rise of different maladies that have come to existence. It's a, it's not actually so different if you look into that, that, that part of it. Um, But it does come with it, this idea that says, um, I expect a personalized experience. I expect that if you're going to take my money, um, then I'm going to um, make sure that I'm getting exactly what I need before you get my money. As employers, it's sort of a different foot because there's also this expectation of personal, personalization of work experience. Right, it comes along with it. So, yeah, it's exciting um, to talk about for me, uh, but it's always interesting to hear um, this sort of complaint, which is not different than my parents, who were in what they called the greatest generation. How they would complain about the young or the older baby boomers, and even the yuppies, right, which were the the, the younger baby boomers. So, there's always going to be some complaint, but as, and, and it's okay, and you can be frustrated. Um, but really understanding who your target market is, is what that's about and how you can um, give them what it is they're asking for and the way they're asking for it in the timeliness that they want it. So, This is great stuff. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy that you're here because we're learning so much. You know, we're looking, I'm looking back. I'm looking back on just the way in which I've communicated to an audience to share what it is that I do and how I can help them leverage success professionally through their business. And it may be a millennial. It may be even this, you know, the, the current generation that we're in that are the highest entrepreneur rate. You know, it's individuals that are the highest entrepreneurs right now. And so, you know, I'm looking at cross streams how we do that, whether it's through work, through imagery, and it sounds like that there is a vein for each of them and where in which they yes. gravitate to the most. So can you share a little bit about how we can better connect with them through that? So are you talking about Gen Z or millennial or both? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about both because I know that there was sure. a little bit more information you wanted to share too about Gen Z as well. Sure. Yeah, and so... I would say that the difference, if you're, especially if you um, have a business where your business is supporting the development of business, right? especially in that sort of, like when that's your job, when you're trying to, to figure out ways to um, leverage people's strengths to help them reach for whatever goals they are. I think it definitely is, it, you know, it doesn't really matter what your product or service is, as long as when you are putting it to market, that you're taking all of the ideas about marketing to millennials and you're applying them. So if you have, for example, if you develop a marketing plan and you have um, recognized who are the persona that you're really trying to market to, of course, I would always say first create persona because it's really hard. Otherwise, you're going to be, you're, you, you will fry your brain trying to keep all of the marketing data 
sort of in mind when you're creating these ideas. So creating a persona, an actual person, this is what, what's their name, this is how old they are, this is what they look like, this is what they like, this is what they don't like, um, and then kind of referring to those as you're developing them um, helps you in your planning. But I would just say, you know, for millennials, make sure that, um, you know, you, that whatever – service that you have really aligns with their value system, um, making sure that it's authentic, making sure that, um, that that's an interactive experience, that it's transparent, that you really are purpose-driven company and so that you can speak to that and so it's not made up. Um, and so sometimes it really depends on sometimes just going back to the whole um, you know, begin. It's always good to be to begin with the end in mind, but then at some point you got to go back to the beginning about who your company is and what's important to them, and really having sort of this breakdown of what is your purpose and what is your brand and is it apparent and it, you know, in, in in thinking about the purpose of of your product or service, you know, how does that add to someone's life? specifically. And really understanding, I always say that if you can, you know, missions are good because it should be like one sentence. This is this is who we are and this is what we what we're about, right? That's the mission. It shouldn't be long, shouldn't be drawn out. It should be bam. This is who we are. And then the the set of values that uphold that mission. How do we go about upholding that mission? Sometimes mission, sorry. And then you talk about the vision of where you want to be. But sometimes you have to go back to that beginning and say, okay, this is who we were in the beginning, but is this still who we are? Because if you and your employees and anyone who becomes your advocate, which is anyone who's working for you, and then Hopefully, if you do that well, then it'll be your customers become your advocates. Anyone who is advocating for you ought to have an elevator speech in mind about who you are and what you're about. And in, if you don't have that, it's very hard to market it. So sometimes going back to the beginning to make sure you know who you are and what you're about so that you can speak to that and you can show that and you can have this wraparound brand that shows that, sometimes you've got to start there. I love it. Wow. I'm just so speechless at the moment. <laughs> I am because what's running through my head is, you know, all of the times where in which I've seen content and was just curious as to who were they targeting and how is that benefiting from them. I think what this conversation does is it helps us pull back the veil to look at what we naturally see every day through social media, through email campaigns, through online advertisement, as well as through people's websites, to now mm-hmm. begin to see color palette, layout, imagery, sound, the feel, the experience you get, and understand what we're saying and what we're doing and what we're posting. What, who, are we, who are we talking to? And, right. and it makes more sense now in all of the comments or the feedback or who's sharing or what's being said as to potentially who is, whose ear they have. And so, mm-hmm. you know, this conversation is much more about removing the unknowns and becoming more strategic in how we show up and who we want to communicate to. So with even Google Analytics and with SEO search engine optimization and then looking, you know, at, at communicating with different people who are the experts on how success is one with different genres of people or different segregations of people, 
in generations, my question to you is, is who do we, you know, if we wanted to, you know, take action and move forward, she's saying we want to collect, connect with more millennials or this generation that's coming behind them, then who should we go to? I think in our conversation before, when we at InventTrack, I think you mentioned, you know, travel agencies have a wealth of information to share about what the buying habits are or the likes or dislikes that they have. And so that's kind of my question. Where should we look? Who should we connect to? Who are these experts that can kind of help us break this down so that we're showing up strategically with our dollars to impact our community that we can serve? Sure. So, um, yeah, so that's an example. The, the travel agency is an example of um, personally in the, in the job that I'm currently in, the other things that people who are interested in us are also interested in. So it really is about um, once you well, – and I would go back to, well, first of all, do, do the work of finding, figuring out the purpose, your, your, the purpose of the, the, your, your own company or your own product or um, w- whichever you're working with. And then go through Google Analytics and find out who is there on your site and who's using your site and what's important to them. Um, and then I would just say that there are several um, ways to uh, just do your research. I would not pay for research anymore because there are way too many research companies out there. And make sure that they are, you know, the ones who ha- that have, you know, been in existence for years or have a, a large um, sort of um, uh, expansive um, database. You can find those online. And then really kind of you know use those keywords and look up what the data is finding and and you really should not be paying a lot of money to find data because it's out there and it is so out there that these large companies are you know putting out white papers about their findings here's the latest research on x y and z and you can just go through and and find out what you need to find out there. If you're a small company, you can't afford to hire someone, right? You can you can of course hire someone who is, you know, works for you for a contract who's taking care of all this for you and knows where to search. Um, but I would say don't pay for data because it's it's too out there to find it from reputable companies. You know, don't go online and then just believe, you know, the top 10 things to blah, blah, blah. Don't, don't go after that. You might go in there and then look for a link for a company, a data company, a data warehouse company who has this information and go and look what their reports say. Okay? That's how I would tell you to go and find out what is interesting to people and what they're gravitating toward, staying up to date. Um, and, you know, and sometimes if you need to, to, to learn about a tool um, that can help you, so for example, I use Hootsuite because nobody has time to keep on track of when, or you shouldn't use your time to keep on track of which articles or which ads or what you're putting out onto all of your platforms, your social platforms, you should have one place. So I use Hootsuite. There are other products. But you know what? They have, they have their own education system. So I think the time is to talk about the, – the time 
the time suck for you, I guess. I don't know what else to call it. But what you'll be taking time is really educating yourself on these tools that are out there for you to use until you get to the point where you can hire a marketing company to do all of this for you. Um, I've worked for several companies as a, you know, in contract um, to do sort of, a, not a sort of, a full-service marketing Marcom business um, to point them in the directions of being able to um, really leverage all of the tools that they have at once. But that's nothing you can't learn on your own because it's out there. That information is out there. Thank you so much. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Oh, my goodness. Julie, what else do we want to cover? I know that there were a few other questions potentially. I'm not sure if we were able to capture them. But I think, I think we've got everything. Phenomenal. We've walked through I really, you know, everything. Yeah, I don't have any other questions. Do you have any other things that you want to ask? No, I'm just listening back through some of the commentary that you've shared, and we really want to cover a mindset, you know, where we should be thinking, how do we dissect the two um, generations, and what we embrace, what's really beautiful about each of them individually, and what can be challenging. I think that we understand those particular mindsets on when we approach that. I think in another way that we've gotten a better awareness on how to connect. Where should we be focusing on? What's their sentiment? What's their value? What are their values are? Um, I think that it was extremely important for us to ensure our listeners had the ability to know where how to get started with whether it's Google Analytics. But I love what you said about the fact that it needs to be something. It's free. It's out here. We just need to know where yeah. to look. Yeah. And, and I think and that takes this thing away. Yeah, and then there are other um, just what what are called LMSs, so so learning management systems, um, like um, okay, let me uh, Linda dot com, right? There, yeah. in the digital world, there's very little that you can't learn <laughs> um, to to a pretty great degree on Linda dot com. I'm not touting Linda dot com. I'm just saying that's that's one. That's one of them. Um, But there are many places where you can go to learn what you need to learn about marketing, about, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I have a degree in graphic design and marketing. I have another degree in information or master's in information technology, one in um, administrative management. So I'm not saying that formal education isn't important, but we're talking about people, especially small businesses, who went into business because they have a passion for something and they believe other people have a passion too. So it, it's, not, it's a situation where, um, of course, we always say if you want to, um, you know, if you want to work three days a week, don't become an entrepreneur, right? Like it's the greatest job where you ever had to work 80 hours a week just to get things off the ground. Um, but it's it's not impossible to get that knowledge. And I would say get the knowledge because you will waste more time sort of throwing spaghetti against the wall to see if it works um, than it will take to take, you know, a course that might take three hours and you can, you know, start and stop it or, or whatever on, you know, Google Analytics and, and how to read it and how it's important to you and um, how you can even set up goals. There's a, another great piece of Google Analytics is you can, you can actually – figure your return on investment because you can set that up within that tool to say, here are my goals. My goals are to get, you know, this many people signed up or to sell this many, you know, products. 
and then you set that, those goals, and then as people move through your website, once you hit the goals, then you know, oh, I'm doing something right, or hey, this isn't working. Let me see how we can shift either the content or the imagery or whatever you know, we're using because, hey, this isn't working, or hey, this is working, let's do more of this. And it really is because it gives you a dashboard to read all of those things. Um, and all of it can be learned um, in not that much time, and it will make your business um, feel like a large business um, with, you know, even one or two folks working for you. So. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. This is good stuff. I keep saying that because it really is. And I feel like I can go on and talk to you forever. I literally have more questions. And, and I think that I would love to come back and talk about the other generation so that listeners can, and whom, if that's who they serve, then they can get your experience and expertise and wisdom and guidance in on how to, to better accommodate them and serve them and to really help support them in the ways and where in which they get to. And so, you know, with that, I want to thank you for Julie and I. We want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to be with us and to just share your intellectual power with us and what you've learned through the years. And so with our listeners, you know, listening in, how could they connect with you and, and, and where can they reach you if they have any questions and we'll love to reach out to you and talk with you specifically and directly? Sure. I think probably the easiest way, I'm, um, my website is diane-fischel, F-I-S-H-E-L-Hall, H-A-L-L.com. And that's a, that's a personal website that I have used um, to, as I've been interviewing for positions. It's, it's an easy way to get a hold of me. And there are also some items on there that you can download um, if you just kind of want to see some of the work that I've done in higher education or if you have any questions. But you can definitely contact me through that site. Perfect. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for your time. This of course. has been so much fun. The, I've, I've enjoyed it myself, and I really appreciate the time that you guys have taken um, to kind of pick my brain because sometimes that's the only way you're going to get all the information. It's just all that's up true. in there. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And it's so beautifully, it's, look, it's so beautifully captured and filed away. And we're in that it's just like, let's pull out this cabinet and talk about that, right? So um, it has been a treat and it's been a delight. And so, you know, I think you've given us a wealth of information that I think our community can resonate with and I think I know it will bring value. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Y'all have Absolutely. a great day now. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Diamonds, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are listening to the United State of Women on the podcast, make sure you go to social media like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and post a picture of yourself on our signature hashtag page, Power Purpose Plan Today, so we can see you, so we can see who's connecting with us, see who's listening, and be sure to share how you have enjoyed this episode with us. Also, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. But until next time, level up and tap into your power, purpose, plan today. Shine bright. <laughs>